I'm former Congressman Gary Franks. And I'm his son, Gary. I'm millennial. We're discussing everything from politics to sports and pop culture. From very different perspectives. We speak frankly. Welcome back. You are on We Speak Frankly, and we are doing the top 25 current basketball players in the NBA. Looking at about the year 2012-2013 to the present. We've gone through some really fantastic players already, Gary, and we've had the same one in various spots several times, but I think that that's going to change today. And so we are down to number two and down to number one. And so I'm going to uh, start this, Gary, by giving you my number two and some of the reasons why I have them in that spot. And then uh, we'll go from there. So, Gary, let's start off with uh, your number two. So I, you know, as most people know, I've kind of been doing two lists since my top 10, because obviously if you do from 2013 to 2020, the present, it's very easy to do the list. And I personally felt that it'll be more interesting and exciting, at least on my end, to do it from the current players right now. So, but real quick, let me do it from the 2013 list, 2020 list, and then later on we can talk about it as we discuss, you know, the one and two position. So for my number two, I'm going to go with Kevin Durant as my number two. Uh, When we start from the 2013 or 2012, the present time period. Uh, If you look at all the accomplishments, Kevin Durant is second in all of them. When it comes to championships, he's third, you know, but on scoring titles, he's first. In MVPs, he's also third. So he's in the top three in all the categories. He's consistently, and he's recognized as the second best player in the world. He's just a freak of nature. He's, He's such a special, special player. And I can't wait for him to do some great things in Brooklyn because I think it will really take him over the top if he's able to do some great things there. But what Kevin Durant was able to do in Golden State really create a small dynasty in itself because of him. Shows how great of a player he is, and it shows that he's also probably the best off the ball that we have on our list, or at least in our top five list. So I'm going to go Kevin Durant at number two. Well, Gary, I agree. I have uh, Kevin Durant at number two as well. I have always been very impressed by by Kevin Durant, Prince George's County guy and person who, wherever he went, he excelled. Going back to his high school days when he was all met in the Washington, D.C. area, player of the year for the Washington, D.C. area. He also went on to great stardom, in college at the University of Texas. Um, in fact, they retired his number, 35 there. He was, uh, but for, let me back up one step. In high school, he was first team parade All-American, McDonald's All-American game MVP at Texas. Consensus first team All-American, player of the year in the Big 12. Consensus player of the year in college in 2007. And when he went to the NBA, yes, there was another guy around when he was in high school that they talked about, Greg Olden, who was rated ahead of him in high school. But obviously, it didn't work out too well for Greg, Greg Olden. And Kevin Durant has been only, only going in one direction ever since he put on his sneakers in the NBA as well. Just tremendous, tremendous success. When I look 
back, Gary, I said to myself, well, he's averaged 27 points a game for his career. 27 points a game. I said, boy, that's a lot of points a game. And as I did my research, it, it showed me that there are very few players who retired averaging 27 points a game. In fact, there are only two players who have averaged more than 27 points a game upon their retirement. And that is Will Chamberlain at 30.1 and Michael Jordan. That's it. All the other players did not. I got to check Moses Malone. I'll check that for a second. All the other players either tied Kevin Durant or were below Kevin Durant. Now, when I say tied, it's because we're looking at fractions now. Elgin Baylor, for example, average, his career average was 27.4. Kevin Durant's 27.0. Jerry West was 27.0, just like Kevin Durant. But for the most part, and there's one other gentleman who has a career scoring average of 27.1 which is a little bit above Durant. And we'll talk about that guy a little later. So in the history of the game, there has not been many players who have averaged for a career more points than Kevin Durant. Outstanding shooter while scoring a number of points. So he's not just an automatic scorer, which he is, but he would shoot a, a, just a fantastic percentage. I mean, you look at his field goal percentage career average is about 49% from the field, 38% from the three-point line, 88% from the free throw line. While still getting about seven rebounds a game, four assists a game, a steal a game, and a block shot a game. In the playoffs, it only goes up. His playoff career scoring average is 29 points a game. In, in fact, in 2019, the last time that he played in the playoffs, he averaged 32.3 points a game, shooting over 90% from the free throw line and 51% from the field, an amazing 44% from the three-point line. So he's a great scorer, great shooter, has changed the game radically. Um, yes, we've had six, nine guys who can handle the ball and, and bring the ball up the court and actually play guard like Magic Johnson or play play point forward like a Larry Bird who can handle the ball fairly well, also at 6'9", and we have the Greek freak. But to be able to truly score on any part of the basketball court at any time, having the ability to not only shoot with men on him, in other words, he can create his own shot, but also play without the ball, no one has done it better than Kevin Durant. His honors are, are just numerous. You know, Two-time NBA champion, Two times he's been the MVP in the championship game, most valuable player in the NBA in 2014, 10 times an All-NBA All-Star, two times MVP of the All-Star game, nine times he's been on the All-NBA team, nine times, six times on the first team, three times on the second team, Rookie of the Year, four NBA scoring titles, and he's part of the 50-40-90 club. That's 50% shooting from the field. 40% from three, 90% from the free throw line. Just a truly amazing athlete and player. And so my number two would be the great Kevin Durant. Now, real quick on my list, you know, before we get into the number one, I want to make this clear on my list. I actually had Kevin Durant as my number one. And the reason why is because I have two lists. 
like I mentioned before, Kevin Durant to me is the best player on the planet right now. And I will say that he's been the best player for me the last three or four years in the NBA. But because we're doing the entire decade, Kevin Durant early in the decade was not the best player in the NBA. He may not even been the second best player in the NBA. But to me, once he got to Golden State, I saw, you know, just Kevin Durant just mature so much from those years in Golden State. And that's why, you know, I'm so excited to see what he can do in Brooklyn because now that he has won two championships, I want to see him lead his own team and carry his own team. We spoke about this. We were putting him on our top 50 list. That's the only thing Kevin Durant really has to do. You know, I also want to mention this because, you know, I was watching these sports shows. I feel like they get them wrong all the time when it comes to these lists. But I heard Chris Broussard say Kevin Durant will never be able to catch LeBron James. I'm going to mention his name. And I thought it was the most disrespectful thing I ever heard because I'm like, Kevin Durant is a lot closer to LeBron Mm -hmm. James than people think. And you can make an argument that Kevin Durant is above LeBron James, just historically, if you really want to do that, just based off the way they play the game. But, you know, I want to hear how you feel about Kevin Durant. Do you think he could actually become a top five? Of all time. Historically. 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 We know he's, you know, of this of you know this time period that we're talking about. He's the second best. But just historically. Well, he does have uh, some room for growth. I, I do see that. But it, it's going to take a lot. He does have to start winning some championships in which he is the focal point of that team. In Golden State, he did play with some outstanding players. And even now, he's going to, going to be playing with uh, you know Kyrie Irving, who's an outstanding player as well. But I, I still have to see him uh, graduate to that level, Gary. I don't think he's, he's quite there yet. But does he have the potential to rise to that point? Yes, he does. And the way that he plays, in many instances, it can be more exciting than LeBron, quite frankly, because he doesn't play bully ball. He he gets his shot off by using moves. He doesn't take steps back like James Harden and, and then throw the ball up and take a whole lot of threes. He doesn't do that. He can take mid-range shots. He can go to the basket. He has the speed. He has the leaping ability. He plays good defense. He has the long arms. He rebounds. He plays a very total basketball game. I mean, this basketball game is a total basketball game. And he has, obviously, he's gifted with being 6'10". So that's, that's a plus as well. So, yes, he does have the potential to move up the list. But when you look at the all-time greats of basketball, it's really hard to crack the top five. It's, it, is, it is just extremely, extremely hard from as far as I'm concerned. But, you know, he's only played... Uh, Let's see, one, two, about 10 years or so. So he has, he has time. He plays another four or five years, stays healthy. That's the key. If he can stay healthy, so he has the opportunity to uh, continue to show us some great numbers and hopefully uh, more titles. Mm-hmm. Well, to me, it's not hard for him to do that. Because mm-hmm. if you look at just his career and you look at the person that we're comparing him to, because he's always compared to this guy, uh, LeBron James, if Kevin Durant wins another title in Brooklyn, that's like his Laker championship. Mm-hmm. Right. So obviously, you know, the only way that Kevin Durant can get that quote unquote Cleveland championship is if he either goes back to OKC or he goes to DC mm-hmm. and keeps winning in Brooklyn. So he's not that far away. And I believe you have mm-hmm. LeBron in your top five. So he's not that far from that at all. He just needs one more championship based off that. Now you can say he hadn't won as many MVPs, but to me, I personally thought the media was doing him a disservice because I do feel like he should have won one of the MVPs when he was in Golden State. 
I know they didn't want to give it to him because he was playing with Steph Curry, you know, who's another MVP, and the media does not like Kevin Durant. But, you know, they gave MVPs to LeBron when he was mm-hmm. playing with D. Wade and Chris Bosh. So the MVP number is going to look kind of screwed, just like, you know, when you look at Kobe and Shaq, yeah, they only wrong. have one MVP. Oh, they yeah. know that they oh, yeah. have more than one MVP. And we know Tim Duncan has two MVPs and Steve Nash has two. Tim Duncan, you can make an argument that he deserves both of them, mm-hmm. but Steve mm-hmm. Nash doesn't deserve any of them. We know that. So when you look at some of these awards, that's going to put a certain player above another player. To me, that's not how you should look at it when mm-hmm. the media doesn't like an individual. It is very clear the media does not like Kevin. Yeah. And sometimes he does it to himself. Yeah. You know, with the burner account and all that stuff, he does it to himself. Sometimes you can't, you know, take that away. But if he leads the Brooklyn Nets with the, you know, you mentioned Kyrie Irving, right. LeBron won a championship right. with Kyrie and Kevin Love. There isn't a Kevin Love on this team. Now, there could be, you know, Karis LeVert or Spencer did what he could, you know, become a Kevin Love type player. But right now, there is not a Kevin Love on the team. So if he's able to win a championship in a tougher Eastern Conference this year, and he probably will have to beat LeBron in the finals, if he does that, I think it would put him a lot closer to the top five than you think. No, it's a uh, it's possibility. It's a, it is a possibility. And I, I wish him well because I, I do enjoy watching him play. But at this point, as our list would show, well, we're getting, we didn't mention the number one player yet, but uh, as our list would show that the person who's above him right now does have the um, credentials and, and the stats that would warrant him being there. And so he would have to eclipse that person and then go beyond getting to the top five of as far as top five players of all time, he's definitely in the top 10. And I don't think anyone will, will argue that, but even right now, but so it's going to be a little hard for him to, to get into that top five category as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. So I don't think he was in the, um, in our top 10, mm-hmm. but he was very close to the top 10. You know, I believe he was like 11 or 12. On, yeah. I think you're right. On both yeah. lists respectively. But the point is mm-hmm. he's in that range already. And honestly, you know, no one wants to admit this, but this is not the truth. If, you know, and this is a big if because you can't predict the future, especially in this NBA where players are jumping from team to team. But if Kevin Durant wins two more championships, you know what his resume will look like? The late, great Kobe Bryant. (laughs) Okay. It'll be the exact same resume. And for a lot of people, Kobe Bryant is top Mm -hmm. six, top seven all time. You know, for me, Kobe was in my top five. But Mm -hmm. that's the resume. And you can't sit up there and say Kevin Durant doesn't have the ability to have that same resume. He absolutely does. So, you know, I really believe that he has a chance to be, you know, in the top five. But we also have to remember this, because we're talking about this list from 2013. Our presumed number one player was in his mm-hmm. prime during that time, during this entire time that we're talking, while Kevin Durant hit his prime late in this decade. That's why this list is very, is very, very interesting to do. And this is why, you know, I, I had to say Kevin Durant's my number one player in the world right now. You know, even though he's, you know, he's coming off of an injury. I don't believe that you just, you know, deserve to lose your spot off of an injury. It's just me personally. And I do the last three years of your career, not just the last season we just saw. But when you do it from that perspective, the list does change. For you. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. I, I still would have him For number me, two. Yeah. I think what LeBron has done at the age of 30, what will be 36, is really pretty remarkable. So, and he has um, he has the numbers to to, um, to support it. Kevin Durant is at really at a good age, at 32 ages. It's, it's a kind of a sweet spot for a lot of athletes in all sports. 
in uh, in every sport, I should say. And he, you know, he has numbers to to support that. But LeBron has been playing has played almost three to four years longer than, than Kevin Durant, maybe five years longer than Kevin Durant. And so it, it's it's going to take a little while for me to to feel comfortable with having Durant eclipse um, LeBron James. But I, I do recognize the fact that at this point in time, he is the second best, in my estimation, the second best player when you look at the numbers that he has accrued during the years 2012, 2013 till the present. Well, let me say one more thing about it because you, you know, you brought it up and this is what people do, you know, on these sports shows. And this is why I say the last mm-hmm. three years, not just last season, because Kevin Durant didn't play last season. So it's fair, but we all know the last year Kevin Durant played and the last year LeBron played, LeBron missed the playoffs. Now you can say LeBron was injured. You can say all those things, but that was not the same year that LeBron had last season. So let's remember that now. Uh, the league obviously changes year for year. Obviously, LeBron didn't have Anthony Davis two years ago. Last yeah, so year. two years ago. I was going to say. Sorry, last, two years ago. Last... Kevin Durant two years ago. Two years ago, to me, was better than LeBron two years ago. And it showed because LeBron missed the playoffs that, you know, two years ago. This year, obviously, LeBron, last year, I'm sorry, LeBron you know, is a champion now. So obviously, you know, that's why I hate doing the right now list. That's why I kind of make it, you know, for a three-year standpoint so people can actually see a three-year mm-hmm. period, not just one year. Okay. Following three terms on the city council and three terms in Congress, former Congressman Gary Franks' consulting firm has helped scores of companies, large Fortune 500 firms, small businesses, and even startup companies secure millions of dollars in federal government contracts and international business opportunities. Congressman Franks, a Yale grad, author, Fortune 500 executive, and former visiting professor at Georgetown University, UVA, and Hampton University, will use his knowledge, experience, relationships, and strategic plan model to help you reach that next level of success. Schedule your participation in an upcoming webinar to learn just how Congressman Franks can help you. For more information, email gary at garyfranks.org now. So, Dad, we were just talking about Kevin Durant earlier, and mm-hmm. you know, there's a possibility that one of his former teammates could actually be joining him in Brooklyn, and that's oh. James Harden. Uh, James oh, wow. Harden has, has gotten in a lot of trouble recently. We won't get into that. But where do you think is the best place for James Harden to go? If you're the, you know, if you're James Harden, and from the Houston Rockets' perspective, what team should they be going the best deal possible? Well, for, for, from a Houston perspective, they – to me, are in a buyer's market. You know, you got one of the greatest players to uh, ever play the game, and we have them in our top 50 of all-time players. So you should be able to really shop around and find a team, or at least open the door and find a number of uh, teams that would be standing in line for a person of James Harden's caliber. For James Harden, you know, he's gone from Houston. I don't know why they're even just still talking about this. He, he, uh, when you turn down that kind of money, I think it was fifty million dollars for a season. That you really do not want to be in that town any longer, which I think is you know somewhat unfortunate. But he needs a, he needs a change of scenery. Yeah, he uh, played for uh, you know OKC years ago, and um, going to Brooklyn, I, and that could be uh, that could be very interesting to have him in, in, at Brooklyn. Um, do I think it's the best move for for James Harden? You know, frankly, I, I believe that. Uh, 
potentially Philadelphia could be a, a better move for James Harden. I know that you know, you have Simmons who needs the ball all the time, uh, just like James Harden would need the ball all the time. But I'm not sure how well, from a chemistry perspective, Harden would blend in with uh, Kyrie. I, I think those Eagles are just a little bit too big. I don't think there'd, there'd be a problem with him working with with Kevin Durant. But I think Kyrie, uh, I'm not sure if he would want to share that stage with uh, with the James Harden. And and, and they can, uh, you know, James can really hold that ball for a long time, for a long time and give you the ball only when he would like to give you the ball. And so it, it could be uh, a little challenging if he goes to uh, Brooklyn. But I think that with, with Philadelphia, you know, there, there could be some possibilities there. You know, Simmons can move without the ball. He loves to be close to the basket because he won't shoot from anywhere beyond 10, 15 feet anyhow. So, you know, for James Harden, it could be um, it could be a good place for him to to land. You were talking about with the Ben Simmons thing. Um, I think Ben Simmons would probably have to be traded for James Harden. Um, in order yeah, for that you know, trade that, to would work. Be, <laughs> that would be the move. I didn't want to put that out there because it seems like I'm always beating up on Ben Simmons. But it could be the best possible move for Houston as a restarter, and it could be a good move for Ben Simmons as a restarter, and it would definitely be a better uh, situation, I believe, for, for Philadelphia to have James Harden with Philadelphia and Ben Simmons not on the team. I think that would be a far better situation for everyone and they would have to get uh, i think quite frankly even if it were a trade of ben simmons for james harden i still would ask for something else if i were houston that's not an apple for an apple you know as far as i'm concerned because ben simmons yeah he's younger he's a lot younger but uh that's not an apple for an apple (laughs) right but you're not going to get even value that's just not going to happen but I don't think that's a good trade for Ben Simmons because Houston already has John Wall. So I think the best trade for Houston, in my opinion, is actually the Brooklyn Nets or to try to get a trade with the Clippers. Hmm. Hmm. The Clippers. Okay. That's that's an interesting scenario. Yeah, I don't know, Gary. But the Clippers, they do uh they do need a guard. <laughs> so <laughs> right now the Clippers are in need of a guard. Having a shooting guard would probably uh be a positive for them. Obviously, taking pressure off of uh, off of PG Paul George that that would be welcome. The trade's not likely to happen because Paul George has one year left on his deal. Mm-hmm. But that would be a great trade for both teams, in my opinion. Again, maybe not for Paul George. Actually, it would be great for Paul George. There'd be less pressure on him. Would Paul George be traded for James Harden? Is that what you're saying? Yes, okay. correct. That's what I'm okay. saying. Paul George would go to Houston, yeah. but Paul George only has one year left on his deal, so it's probably not. Houston wouldn't take that deal, most likely. Okay, but. I think it'll be a you know that'll be a great move for James because James can still be the elite scorer that he always has been. He's one of the best scorers of this generation, and Kawhi Leonard can play off the ball, so it works perfectly with the team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and James Harden's from LA, so it works perfectly. That's right. Uh, that's right. But that's not a great trade for Paul Jordan. Houston probably wouldn't take that. So to me, the best deal would either be Brooklyn, when you can probably get Spencer Dinwiddie, Levert, Jared Allen, and two first round picks, two young guys and a and a veteran guy that can come off the bench and two draft picks mm-hmm. for James Harden, or trying to trade James Harden to Miami. Maybe kind of get Pat to give up Tyler Hero, you know, and a few other guys and some draft picks uh, for that. But Houston has to trade him. It has to happen. And hopefully Houston will realize look, the goal is not to get a star player back. You are probably not in rebuilding mode. So now the goal now is to try to make the playoffs with 
whatever, you know, whatever group of guys, whatever guy you get. I hear you. You mentioned Miami, Gary. I think that that is the last place James Harden would want to go. And I think it's the last place that I think uh, he will land because he doesn't want to play defense. He could not last in a Riley camp, preseason camp. He could not play the type of defense that the Miami players are used to playing. He just doesn't. That's not that's not James Harden. Doesn't have it in his heart. He'll slap at the ball. He'll try to get a steal by by getting in the lane. But he's not going to guard anybody one on one. And you can't do that and play for Miami. You can't do that and play for Riley. It just doesn't doesn't work. And so I I think that that's the last place that he would want to go. And I think it's the last place that would want to have him. Quite frankly, but I think you're. I, I kind of agree with your other points. L.A. the Clippers. That may be the best place because he would be returning home and his latter years of his career uh, a lot of heads to heads with uh, lebron james as far as tv uh, would be concerned nba would be concerned concerned so i think the commissioner would be thrilled with that um but you know philadelphia i still think that could be a good place for him i, I still think it could be a good place for him you know they'll have a new coach over there and, and i think that doc would be Doc is a new coach over there in Philadelphia, right, Gary? Correct. Yeah, I think he would be good for James Harden. I think that he would he would know how to manage a player of uh, James Harden's caliber. Uh, I think Embiid, if he could stay healthy, I think he would welcome those alley-oops and uh, have an opportunities to have a new scenery type of uh, – new, new environment, I should say, versus the guy who just can't shoot, that being Ben Simmons. So you always have to kind of overly compensate for your – quasi point guard who can't put the ball in the hoop from beyond 10 feet. So I think that it would just change the whole dynamics of that 76er team and, and could really be exciting. And I, and I want the East to be stronger. I, I really do. I know we have Giannis. I know we have, you know, the Celtics out there as well, but Giannis is thinking of leaving as well. So it, it's, um, it's, I don't want the, the, the East to be so, so destroyed by uh, everyone joining teams in the West that, you know, it, it just takes away from the game. No, I hear you. And this is what makes this so interesting is that Houston thinks they're in winning mode, championship mode now, but they're not. And James Harden is a tough player to put with another player. It's very, very difficult because Mike D'Antoni taught James Harden how to just dribble, dribble, dribble the whole time and not really move the basketball That's right. except to get the ball That's back. Right. So it's <laughs> – so it's a major problem that it's hard for him to fit on a lot of teams. And you're right. He doesn't fit in Miami, but he actually, I believe that he actually um, expanded his list and added Miami and Milwaukee to the list. I didn't mention Milwaukee because Milwaukee doesn't have any more assets. So no, that doesn't make no, any not, sense. that doesn't make any sense. But, but, but Milwaukee would be a great place for James Harden because Giannis can play without the mm -hmm. ball. So that's a great, you know, Giannis can't shoot either. That's a great place for, for James Harden, but it doesn't make sense for Houston. So to me, the one team that makes sense is Brooklyn just because they can build their team and they can actually build a one to 10 man roster that can compete with any team in the league. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to give up a superstar, that's the best you can probably mm -hmm. do. Well, I hope he stays in the East, whether it's uh, Brooklyn or my favorite choice for him being Philadelphia. I hope he stays in the East and I hope that the lore of tremendous ratings from the commissioner 
with the LA Clippers playing the LeBron James Lakers would not be something that they would want to see have happen because I think it just tilts things too far to the West. And also with Giannis being up in the year, if he leaves the East and go to the West as well, it, it just wouldn't be good for basketball. And I know that Stearns, if he were a commissioner, he would always look out for what's best for the league and sometimes put his little thumb on the scale to make sure that certain trades or certain actions just would not happen. And and all the commissioners have done that quietly behind the scenes without a lot of fanfare. They've done that in baseball. They've done that in football as well. And so they have to be careful with this one. This is a big one. You know, James Harden is one of the best players to play the game, whether you like him or don't like him, he is. And to, to have him go to um, X team or Y team, it, it's going to make a difference. It's going to change the balance of the NBA. So we'll see what happens. This is an ongoing drama here. But we said a long time ago, Gary, James Harden is going to be out of Houston. We said this weeks ago on our podcast, and there's no question that it's, it's just a matter of time. You know what? I actually completely disagree with you on the East versus okay. uh, West concept and the commissioner being upset. But I think that's something else we should talk about for another okay. day. Okay, we'll save that for another show. So we're out of time for today. Don't forget to subscribe.